scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Factory TV, changing the channel. On the one night they were celebrating New Year's Eve, he was out ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out. We are live. <laughs> so, uh, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. I am back uh, with the Inside Movies Galore crew. Um, and uh, welcome on this night after the New Year's Eve. Uh, uh, how, how is everyone doing tonight? Doing good. Good. Awesome. Doing very well. So tonight's film is actually a canon film really, uh, 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 re release directed by uh, Emmett 
Elston, who went on to later uh, direct a uh, uh, classic uh, ninja film from the 80s. Um, and it starred Kip Nevin, Roz Kelly, Chris Wallace, and so many unknowns. So why don't we go to Katie? Katie? Um, yes. What did you think about this film? Was this your first time watching the film? Uh, yes, it was my first time. I hadn't seen it before. Okay. Um, and I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. So it was kind of somewhere in between. Um, I actually thought the premise of the movie cool. Like this whole New Year's Eve rock show deal. Like I was digging that whole vibe. And I was thinking as I'm watching it, how awesome it could have been with better bands or something. Um, like, obviously the movie didn't have that kind of budget, but no. like if they actually had some, some cool bands in there, I thought that would be kind of neat. Okay. Um, so I was digging the premise and overall the storyline was, was good. So I kind of landed somewhere in the middle with it. And, um, okay. It was entertaining. I did fall asleep a couple of times, but I'm tired and less because I thought the movie was sucky. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, Red Raven, welcome back to the show. Uh, so was this a first time watch for you? Um, yeah, this was the first time I watched it. And okay. um, I thought it was okay um, for, you know, being in 1980s. It was, you know, one of those cheesy, you know, slasher, you know, movies. Um like Katie was saying, I, you know, wish it, there was, you know, better bands. Um, I thought it was cool how, you know, they had the theme of there being like this host, she was hosting like a show and the killer kept calling in, you know, saying like at each time zone, someone was going to be killed. You know, that was kind of a, a cool thing. Yeah, it kind of had that, like, 976 evil vibe, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Michelle, uh, what did you think of, of the film? Was this a first-time watch? This was a first-time watch for me. I had actually never even heard of this film. Um, I was, I have to say, the the makeup was horrific, and I'm like, oh, my God, did we really dress like that back then? <laughs> But um, I had a little opposite uh, with the music. I actually thought, considering you know that they that they had to pull from all local musicians, I actually thought their band selection and the bands were not that bad. I mean, considering you're, this is 80s, 80s okay. punk music is really kind of what was in at the time. And oh, yeah. they really did embody and the music the of the time. Era of so, <laughs> I, yeah, so I actually, I was actually quite impressed with that because that was pretty much spot on. It was something that you would actually could have seen something very similar happening on MTV at the time, a production similar like this. Oh, yeah. So in that aspect, I really thought it, it, it did grasp a little bit of realism. So, I, you know, with that, it did have the fantastic outfits, you know, with all, all the glittery stuff and the, the pink. So, you know, she had a lip liner on for her eyebrows. She had pink lip liner on her eyebrows. Had that <laughs> little things like that that you know that that's i mean today we have a little bit different products that we use you know on the face that would make the makeup look better and 
But yeah, so the makeup was killing me. I just wanted to fix her blush the whole movie, <coughs> which I had to sit through like like five times because I, I I wander around and and I I I get a little bit sidetracked here and there. So it did take me a while to get through it. I, I don't I can't say you know I mean the, the acting was horrible, the makeup was horrible, and things like that. But I can't say it was a horrible movie because there was things that I actually liked about it. Okay. Once I could actually uh, get through the whole thing. <laughs> it just okay. took me some time to get through it, uh, but yeah, there was aspects I actually liked liked about it because it really, to me, it did encapsulate the eighties. You know, that year, nineteen eighty, it really did kind of was a very good representation of that era. I, I guess would be the way to put it. Okay, uh, Brandon, uh, was this a first time watch for you, or have you seen this before? I saw it once before a while back. Uh, I remember it reminded me of a of another film series, Prom Night. Um, not the remake, but the uh, older versions. Okay. And uh, I mean, it kind of has a similar vibe to a lot of films around that time with the, the slasher movies, where you had these uh, fairly cheap to make films, where you had these locations. Music tended to always take the center stage. Um, which this one also took, I mean, the music was almost as integral to the plot as the uh, plot. <laughs> so, though a little bit confusing at times, I did think that it was still a fairly solid slasher film. Okay. Uh, did anyone happen to notice that uh, Grant Kramer played the, uh, the son of the uh, uh, disc jockey lady? Um, who later uh, went on to play in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. No, I didn't know that. No, nope. <laughs> didn't it at all. <laughs> Very young. Uh, he was the blonde uh, um, uh, dude, but he was the guy, the guy you saw with a girl, a girl in the very beginning, beginning, you know, of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, and he was kind of like one of the main characters throughout the uh, throughout the film. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed that that, that was the only person that, that I noticed. I, I did. I did. I was digging the music scene because uh, there was a there was what looked like a like a kind of between like a boy band and uh, like a ska punk thing going on. Uh, during one of the scenes, and uh, I, I definitely liked the premise of the uh, of the outlaw uh, film. I mean, you got you got a disc uh, jockey who was running the part, uh, running the party, uh, and every hour on the hour, some killer is calling and saying, "I'm going to kill someone," and in super cheesy voice, and you don't in entirely realize who the killer is un until the end. <laughs> you know, even the, uh, though they've got a dead Kennedy thing going on in the end. You know, the, the, the putting on ma masks uh, at the end. And you don't really know exactly who, you, you kind of get you kind of get the premise that the sun is, a, is actually like guy behind it all 
Uh, you know what I mean? Towards Actually, the, you kind of fairly early, Tim. Like I didn't. <laughs> I thought the sun twist was really good at the end, driving the ambulance. Okay. But yeah, I wasn't. I thought it was her husband, the though. Sun really. Well, it is the Richard or whatever his name was. The killer was her husband. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the sun. There was something. There was there was hints about the sun being goofy. Like I think that was the point. Not to make us think he was the killer, but to show that he had some weird tendencies. Almost like read it. Like I didn't read it as he was a suspect as the killer, but I definitely well, to saw me, him. To me, the entire movie was like a, a testament to bad parenting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really was. If you watch the whole thing. Any, any scenes like when she was interacting with him, her son, it was just bad parenting. If that was like a real parent situation, parent-child situation, you would be like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? That's how you treat your child. Oh, yeah. So, it was terrible. It was, you know, in that in that sense, it was like, wow, that's kind of horrific. You know? <laughs> crazy psychopaths breeding, breeding and raising crazy psychopaths. <laughs> That's a horror movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> you there was a scene Sawyer too. Family. I don't know if anyone noticed where he was taking like some kind of pills or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't, he, he was. He didn't, they didn't like clear, clarify if he was going to try to kill himself, uh, if he was on some kind of bipolar, psychotic, antipsychotic medication. They really didn't tell you what the pill was. Yeah. That was confusing to me. I thought, like, so is there a drug yeah. plot going I on? I thought he was going to kill himself or he was, like, going to be, like, stupid high. <laughs> and neither thing happened. He just got really weird. So I'm like, okay, kind of drugs he's doing, but. Yeah, that felt like a loose end that they kind of just dropped <laughs> as they went along. Or somebody, somebody got really lazy and, and didn't make a fake label and put it on a bottle. I mean, it, it was. You know, that could have been, been so simple a fix to clarify that one point because that that could be like a pivotal turn as to what kind of medication that was, what what he took. That <laughs> could have explained a whole lot or made it even more confusing. Okay. Either way, it was a big hole. It was a big gaping hole. Did anyone have a favorite scene or? Um our uh, favorite character from the film. Uh, uh, Katie, did you have a favorite scene that, uh, that you liked from the film? Uh, um, if I had a favorite scene. Um, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say there was like one scene that, that really stood up. There was a kill that I liked quite a bit, which was the bag of weed over the chick's face, you know, suffocating her in the bag of weed. Like, I think that's how I want to die. So I'm kind of <laughs> that. Um, so I guess maybe okay. that would be my favorite scene. It was definitely my favorite kill. Okay. So uh, does that, uh, anyone else uh, think that uh, this film was definitely more of a uh, known for its kills? Hmm. Well, I think they were creative. I actually really thought that the kill where, uh, where he's actually, uh, it shows his dedication to that timing where the woman actually starts to get away because uh, he ends up having to stop it and just how distraught he was at that, showing that level. I always thought, 
I thought that was a good scene of insight into the killer. Um, okay. I think this film was, uh, this film had a lot more potential to be better than it was. Um, I just think that they need a little bit more solid uh, character development and storytelling to make it work. Okay. Yeah, it definitely had a, 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 a like a, a harsher vibe to, uh, to it at first. You, you know, it, it, they're all at the party, you know, and all, uh, all of a sudden she start, uh, starts getting that, uh, that uh, creepy call, you know, uh, you know and uh, then you start see, uh, seeing the guy, uh, uh, a different guy go to different locations. Uh, I mean, you got uh, got the band music in the background going on, and then you've got the elevator mu uh, uh, music that kind of sounds like a little bit of jazz uh, in between at a disco ball. I mean, it's and the the killer's intent was to kill her at the end. Correct. Uh, when it was all centered around one person, even the, uh, the random people were being killed. <laughs> so. It was definitely a little bit uh, 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 goofy, more, uh, more towards the, uh, the, the middle. But it, 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 I mean, yeah, like Brandon said, it follows a lot of the slasher films of its uh, of its time period. So uh, again, I definitely dug the music behind it, uh, and I think uh, that, that's something that some of us can agree on. I think it was crazy oh, how. I think it was crazy how at the end the killer jumped off that building and committed suicide. Yeah. And uh, at first, when I first saw after the opening credits that building, I was thinking Towering Inferno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, in any case... To get back to your music point, uh, David, I thought... I was such a music snob about it. I was like, oh, I just, I mean, it was okay. Like it was, some of the stuff was catchy, but I, like I said, I thought, oh, put, you know, bigger bands on this or, or even bands from that time period that maybe weren't big yet, but, you know, would maybe have the potential to be big at some point. And I don't know, maybe they tried that and it didn't work out. Like those bands, I don't know who they were, but, um, it was kind of funky, but I thought I was thinking of it as how much more exciting of a film or like rounding off the edges anyway. Like yeah. some of the, it was kind of a rough cut type of movie. Like just, um, I think this movie camping is it up with some better music. Well, it's, it's a gamble when you're, when you're picking young musicians, you don't know if they're going to take off or if they're going to flop. Well, you you of really don't know. So, I mean, it's, it's a right. crap shoot with that, but I mean, I thought they did a decent job because they had a variety of bands out there. It wasn't just the same, same four cats, you know, <laughs> so, so I had to give them that. Yeah, there's definitely a variety. I would agree with that. <laughs> I mean, some of the bands weren't that great, but at least they had a variety. <laughs> I liked, I liked the first beginning song out of, out of all of it because that one seemed to be like a title song to it it had the i think it had the new year's evil in in the in the refrain uh, you know and i, th I think that's kind of the song that i i will remember uh, from it but i also yeah me too because ryan was singing it to me and in, in a very high-pitched voice in mimicking it <laughs> So I think he should do a mixtape for us of that I think, song. 
I think he should uh, definitely karaoke should, or at least maybe uh, create his own version of the song for Red Dick. <laughs> yeah, he could cover yeah. it. He could cover oh, there it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Do a punk version or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying about Break making the music better? You... Totally. You're, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I think somebody should uh, go back. <laughs> I think someone should uh, should go back and remake this film. Uh, I think it's due for. I agree with that. Yeah, I would watch a remake of this movie. Totally, yeah, I, I, I would too. too. Out of uh, even though I'm not a fan of uh, uh, entire remakes, sometimes uh, some have actually been decent. Uh, you, you know, if you uh, if you go ba- uh, back to cer- a certain one, uh, specifically uh, the crazy—that's probably my favorite remake. That was a good one. Uh, I I do give uh, give you that. I like uh, I liked that remake. What remake did you just say? The Crazies, George Romero. Oh, okay, yeah, it was a decent one. So yeah, I really enjoyed the remake a lot. But uh, in any case, did anyone else have anything else to add? I don't know if you noticed, but the husband um, was also in the movie uh, Magnum Force, where Clint Eastwood played Dirty Harry. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the uh, other, uh, I think Chris Wallace... uh, he was uh, in a in another horror uh, f- film that uh, some of us uh, know probably. Uh, it was "Don't Answer the Phone." Uh, Actually, don't he was the psychic. In there. So that was another film from uh, 1980. Uh, that, now, that was- did anybody else? Did anybody else pick up on how, like, an 80s movie? the way it was laid out and everything and the feeling of it, but it totally looked like a 70s movie. Like, aside from the hostess, like, the way she was dressed, I thought, yeah. like, everything else was really 70s about it. Well, yeah, I, th- I definitely felt that 70s vibe. It, it's like, it, it, it's like uh, the person who was thinking, uh, who was making it, wasn't making it in a, in a time frame that was in the present at the time. You know, and I think that's something that some filmmakers do think about when they're directing. Well, and I think that's just reflective of the time period, like 1980, like you're fresh in, you know, so it's sort of feel I think it was ahead of its time and how it felt like an 80s slasher flick from like 86. But yet it really looked 1978. Yeah. You know, be yeah. right into the 80s. Like, like late 70s ish. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it was 1980. It wasn't 1983 or 84. It's 1980. So it's like right there on the cusp. So, yeah, you're going to have that influence. Exactly. But it felt very mid 80s to me. I thought they, I, th- I loved all the shiny fabric. It, it was very surprising. It was like, but that was the punk scene. That they were, they started. Oh, and I, I was totally like, getting makeup, makeup inspiration. Clothes. The punk scene really brought that out, and that's when, uh, when you got to mid '80s, everybody else was doing it, but the punk scene was doing it first. I was. You were saying about the makeup being bad, and I was totally getting makeup inspiration. I was totally digging the 
the the vast contour with the dark pink. Like I don't do pink, it but just I might try a pink contour. It just needed she needed some blending. <laughs> the color is great for for that year. It was it's, it's perfect. I was but thinking about doing it this weekend. <laughs> there you go. Just a, they do the do bright pink, bright blues, bright purples. I do it all the time once in a while. Bring that nostalgic feel back. Yeah, That's every time I get that. ready, it, I pretty much look like I'm getting ready to go out in 1986. <laughs> I can't say that I do. I don't. I, I, I don't. I'm a blender. <laughs> you need to blend that blush in. Uh, did anyone notice what uh, whether the this uh, jockey lady uh, had like them them broad shoulder clothes or uh, uh, I I know oh, that the shoulder pad the shoulder pad you know, really, it, really hip I didn't them. see no I didn't see there was no shoulder pads, pad. I think that was more a little bit more mid to late eighties yeah that was that kind yeah. Of yeah the golden girls age. Yep. <laughs> Dynasty. I know. I, 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 wait, I was in school then. I remember people wearing that stuff. I had I had <laughs> that stuff in some of my clothes. I, but I would cut it out because I hated it. I would cut it out. And I was like, maybe I should have left it in there. No, no, I was glad I cut it out because I was like, no, I can't walk around looking like I got wings. <laughs> Alrighty. Couple so. <laughs> Anyone else have anything else to add? Uh, Brandon? Who were you saying was going to be in a recent movie that was in this one? Me? Yeah, you said Katie said somebody was going to be like in a recent movie. Oh, um, Katie, you, you were saying that somebody was going to be in a recent movie from this film? Uh, no, I was saying that I, I would watch a remake of this movie, uh, totally, or I could see someone remaking it, but uh, no, I don't. I don't recall saying that. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually think that this film had a lot going for it. It's just uh, like any film; it is just a, a product of its time. Um, at its time, it would it would be excellent. I, I feel, but nowadays there's so much that's kind of dated. Well, and, and it had, like we said, a decent story outline, but there was a lot going on in the middle, that, uh, you know, in between all that, that was just so, you know, out of place. And I, I think the film is kind of dated. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it, 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 but you made a good point. It is a product of its time. At its time, when it first came out, uh, I'm sure there were a lot of films that were uh, that were being seen at the drive-through uh, in constant, you know, repetition of each other. That, uh, you know, everyone when that would be going uh, would probably uh, going see how many people get killed in this film or something. Like that. Well, I think there's a strength to when you play a film specifically to a time period, uh, but it, but it isn't a lasting strength because once that relevance disappears, do you think anything stands out in this film that makes it different from anything else? Hmm. 
I don't know that I've ever seen a movie with a premise like this exactly, like specifically um, the the killing on the hour thing um, in association in association to New Year's. Like, uh, are there any other New Year's movies about like a countdown? You know, I thought that was kind of I don't I can't recall any other ones, so I thought that was kind of unique. Okay. Yeah. I think that's uh, definitely unique, unique, and I think that's what makes this film stand out from others. So, uh, but like, uh, but like Brandon said, uh, it, it is a product of its time. It had, a, it had a, I mean, it had a great, you know, be, a great beginning. You know, it's just one of those weird ones that's uh, that's out there, and I figured. It, it, this was a great uh, film to talk about, uh, especially the day after New Year's. Uh, New Year's. <laughs> a lot of greatness here to be. Uh, I do agree. Remaking it is a great idea because, to me, there is a lot here. I even think that if you took even a lot of the original stuff that you have, and even though the music was a kind of cool part, the music also helped date it. Where it yeah. a lot on. Just sitting there with the music for a long period. But, you know, you could have something like this, actually develop some of the characters more, take the a story with the son, give it a little bit more weight when the uh, killer's identity comes out. Um, because really, when, when the killer's identity came out, you really, you sort of got an idea, but it, it really didn't bear as much weight. I feel, it, I feel like if the stories and the characters were more developed, it really would be... Uh, an excellent, an excellent film. I'd like to tend to agree with that. It could have been a great. I would also agree with that. thriller. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone else have anything else that uh, they'd like to add? One. No. No. I'm good. Okay. All righty. <laughs> So uh, I, I, I'm going to wrap this up then um, since, uh, um, but everyone enjoyed watching the film, correct? Absolutely. Changed. Yeah, different. for sure. Cool. Awesome. So um, before I wrap this up, uh, uh, why don't we talk about uh, the possibilities of the next film? What does anyone else I actually just said today when I was talking with Ryan about that I've seen because I'm, as some of you know, sort of biased and newer movies automatically, newer horror movies especially start at a deficit for me. And so I'm trying to be more open to newer horror movies and um, nursed once before and I had some issues with it. And I thought that would be a good one for me to watch again. I would totally do it for the podcast. So that that one just came up today. Okay. So I wanted to tell you about it before I forgot. So Nurse is is one that's uh, worth suggesting. I also still think it would be fun to watch Street Trash too. I would definitely. I'd be uh, definitely down uh, down for that. Uh, this month uh, I was th uh, thinking of uh, putting uh, putting in some older. Sci-fi. Uh, sci the uh, the one that I had actually come up with as a possibility for uh, for uh, uh, this next week was possibility of mother. 
Mother. Oh. Is that the Aronofsky film? Yeah, because we've already done uh, Black Swan. <laughs> okay. It's, not it's uh, oh. uh, because remember we did Black Swan in the beginning. Yes. I figured we could recap on the newer, newer as a possibility. Another one I watched over the weekend that I really liked, I thought we could do sometime, is Reanimator. Okay. Oh, Reanimator is a great movie. That's yeah. That's definitely a decent, uh, a decent 80s flick. We sh we definitely need to do something like a trauma, uh, a trauma review thing. Um, oh for yeah. That I actually got one that was recently released called The Middle Finger. Yeah, I want to get that. It's about <laughs> a superhero who. Uh, apparently morphs into uh, a giant middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I still want to get that right now. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's only on Blu-ray, which I prefer DVD. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I, actually, uh, I, I'm, I'm old school. I, I don't like Blu-ray as uh, much. I, 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 although I've been tending to get, like, Blu-ray combos or what, uh, uh, what, uh, whatnot, just because my fiance has a Blu-ray player, and I'll be able to play it on it. So, uh, if but, you want to go old school, you got to go VHS. I do still have some VHS, and, and I've got laser disc as well. So, ah, <laughs> ooh, early nineties laser disc. Yeah. Got a few films. Uh, uh, I think I've got The Shadow on, uh, on Laserdisc. Oh. Live with a media snob, so it's only <laughs> Blu-rays for him. <laughs> Strictly uh, Blu-rays. Yeah. I'm of the opinion that, uh, that only on certain films do, uh, do the films look a little, a little better uh, on uh, Blu-ray, but for the most part, they look exactly the same to me. It depends on the film, like uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood, which is a really old one with Errol Flynn. I was surprised uh, at how much better the Blu-ray made that film look. I think that if the film is filmed in good enough quality and the uh, makers are willing to do it, it's just like Highlander was the opposite, whereas Highlander looked terrible on the Blu-ray. I eventually sold my Blu-ray to get the DVD because the DVD looked horrible. 20 times better. <laughs> it's uh, it's all in the cleanup, I think. <sighs> yeah, most definitely. And uh, I know that um, on certain fi uh, films, some people have actually been disappointed. Like uh, when MD Butcher, uh, uh, Butcher, Butcher MD came out uh, on Blu-ray, uh, uh, there are some people that actually swear that, uh, uh, that the print that came out on DVD was actually a hell of a lot be uh, better than uh, than, uh, than on Blu-ray because they cleaned up the graininess of it when it actually looked better with it. You know? So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing to see how they uh, look. But you, if you go with certain companies like Shout Factory is a good one. Uh, Disney actually is a good one. Uh, if you go with Blu-ray on those releases, you're almost guaranteed for an awesome-looking product. Uh, Unfortunately, you're paying like thirty bucks. Uh, thirty bucks 
uh, a pop when it comes to their Blu-rays and uh, their DVDs are twenty dollars. Uh, $20. Oh, what? No. <laughs> I do agree, uh, but you know, with Disney, it's a matter of um, doing something. Like I, I joined the Disney Movie Club, which helped me um, get most of my stuff for. Uh, I can get one sixty percent. Buy one, get one sixty percent off. Okay. But uh, and Shop Factory, they usually really charge for theirs. But uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> um, but catch them on sale during the holidays. They usually will. Do. I mean, like I bought a whole bunch of titles for like ten to fourteen dollars that were normally thirty bucks. I hear you. It all depends on how how you go about and. Uh, what what you like and what you don't uh, don't like. Uh, see, I I know that there are some really big fans of the Blu-ray. I am one of the last last of my breed. I have not entirely been won over. <laughs> so, but in any case, um, anyone else have any suggestions possibly? Uh, what was did that you, creepiness <laughs> Michelle did you have any horror films that, uh, that you might want to talk about that you have seen before and wouldn't mind talking uh, about you know um, one of my favorites and it's it's I can't think of it right now. The name of it. It's the there's a it's a compilation. It's got Karen Black in it. And it's got the the little dude, the little doll with a knife. That thing scared the tar out of me for years. I like literally never played with dolls because of that movie. Are you talking about? Uh, oh God, that uh, that's a Dan Curtis production. It's an anthology. I've, yeah, it's I've, an anthology. There's like three movies, and I can't see yeah. in my head right now. But I, <laughs> you I know what I'm talking about. I think that one, that one and Poltergeist had really an impact on me, psychologically speaking, because okay. I'm terrified of clowns from Poltergeist because of the clown doll. I'm already afraid of dolls because of the one movie <laughs> and then bring Poltergeist into the picture and now clowns, fuck that, um, <laughs> not dealing with clowns or dolls. So those two movies, I, I guess like psychologically... They mess with my head. So, to me, those are the best ones when they really impact your life <laughs> to the point where you change things that you do. Okay. Well, the reason why I was asking each and every one of you what what you might want want to watch watch in the future is because I'm going to gather together a poll to do do in that private group that we have. Um, and uh, you'll be able to vote on what you want to see the most. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, cool. Uh, and I promise this time I will not. Uh, if you want to vote for more than one, what if you want to see all of them and you're like, I'll see any of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can only choose one. Well, poo. There can be only one. I like that. Yes. So uh, <laughs> uh, definitely watch out for, uh, for a poll coming up. I'm probably going to start doing those a little bit more more often because we have 
you know, a few to more people. So, uh, so, and it's just a little bit easier if I just, uh, and I promise I won't, I won't be a deciding vote. So, uh, and let you guys, uh, let you guys choose. And, uh, uh, I figure the one that has the most, uh, uh, the most, or it, uh, uh, whatnot, will get it down to, uh, to a remainder vote. And I'll do that after tonight and uh if you guys could look at the uh, the private uh group and uh vote probably by the end of tomorrow night well i'll uh, i'll make sure that uh we have the film set up for next year for you guys all right cool sounds good or for, uh, for next week sounds good <laughs> all righty so, uh, other than that, um, why don't we start uh, with uh, Katie? Why don't, uh, why don't we, uh, we start with you? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and where you're from. I'm Katie Cadaver. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I am a makeup artist, alternative plus size model, and burlesque performer. Okay. I've got a show coming up. In January this month, it's already January, um, January 20th at Frank's Power Plant. We're doing heavy metal and burlesque um, that, that night. Your, so that with your new dance crew? or That or is with, um, yep, Grindhouse Tease Productions is putting it together. So we've got uh, burlesque and then also Primal Enemy and H1Z1 at Frank's Power Plant on January 20th. So that's going to be a fun show. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm also a dead girl with Deadgers Dark Coffin Classics, which you can find on Facebook, YouTube, and Vimeo. Um, at, just look up Deadgers Dark Coffin Classics. And you can look up Katie Cadaver with a K on Facebook, and I'll get you connected with um, all the good stuff that you need to know. Awesome. Um, Red Raven, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? I'm Red Raven, and I'm um, um, a booker. I book shows in the Milwaukee area, and I'm also um, a dead girl on Deadgers Dark Coffin Classics. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, just look up uh, Katie Jones, uh, Lake Geneva. Awesome. And Michelle, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and where you're from? Well, hi, everybody. I'm Michelle Yeager. Uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I am a model, actress, and writer. I am uh, from Jaeger Entertainment. I also run that as well. I was in talent management promotions booking with both Jaeger Entertainment and Northwest Entertainment, which is um, out, out on the west side of the country. It's uh, California and Oregon and all that area over there. Um, I have a degree in broadcasting. I am the only ever in the world born to be wild babe licensed by Steppenwolf. I was their machine liaison for six years. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, also on Instagram, Jaeger Bomb Jaeger. Um, I also did start a Snapchat. That's uh, Queen of Mean 13. If you want to find me there for the fun filters, you can see me making goofy faces and retarded videos. Yeah. <laughs> and she also became the uh, one of the new editors for the, for this coming uh, year of my movies galore, Milwaukee. Uh, Brandon, why don't you uh, uh, tell us a little bit about where what you do and where you're from? 
Uh, yes, uh, I run a uh, YouTube page called uh, Septum Sin versus the World. Um, we review movies um, and uh, we do movie release news. Uh, we finally we had a bit of a hiccup uh, at the start of the year with uh, everybody getting sick and um, doing all that stuff. But uh, we're mostly back in business, and that's that's all that's all good. So cool. I'm looking forward to a good new year of uh, new releases. And once I've um, gotten myself settled in uh, our new environment, um, we'll be really ready to go. And I was actually thinking in February I could make it a trauma month, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, starting with uh, maybe Tromeo and Juliet. Uh, Yay, uh, my favorite. I uh, approve. Uh, speaking of Tromeo and Juliet, one of its stars uh, starred in a musical called uh, the, the The Ghastly Love of Johnny X. Uh, uh, tomorrow night I will be interviewing the uh, director behind a science fiction music that had the uh, one of these stars from Tromeo uh, uh, Juliet. So try, uh, I'm uh, trying to keep my fingers cr uh, crossed because I was trying to uh, get a hold of the main actor, uh, but if I don't get a hold of him, uh, definitely look, uh, look out and listen to the interview tomorrow with Paul Bunnell. Um, uh, who directed the feature, and uh, definitely ch uh, check that out. I am David Streggy. I host this show here on Inside Movies Galore. I also run <coughs> Milwaukee, uh, uh, which is a, a writing blog type thingy uh, with a group attached to it. And uh, also a small-time producer. Uh, one of the fi uh, films that uh, that is coming out in 2018 is Russell Massacre. So definitely check that out. Check the uh, Facebook gr uh, uh, groups. I'm sure that uh, probably in March -ish it'll come out or whatnot. In any case, uh, definitely tune in. Um, we have some exciting things coming this year for uh, for you. Thank you all for joining me on this New Year's after New Year's. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Uh, thank you all. And hopefully we have some exciting uh, film adventures com uh, coming this year. So uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. No problem. Uh, thank you. Case, thank you for having us. In any case, everyone uh, 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 say good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night, John Boy. I'm Larry, this is my brother Daryl, that's my other brother Daryl. <laughs> 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 <laughs>